The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness, where on every episode of the show, I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. Joining me today is somebody that I sought out, and I'm so thrilled. I have Dr. Joe Bowler, who is the nonmillennia, I hope I'm saying that right, and Olivier Professor of Education at Stanford University. Her roles have included being the Marie Curie Professor of Mathematics Education in England, a math teacher in the London Comprehensive Schools. She's a White House presenter on women and girls, which you know is my passion. She recently formed ucubed.org, I love that, to give teachers, parents, and students the resources they need to excite students about mathematics. She was named by the BBC as one of the eight educators changing the face of education. Her most recent book, Sitting on My Shelf, is Limitless Mind, Learn, Lead, and Live Without Barriers. Welcome to the show, Professor. Can I call you Professor Joe? Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Just Joe is fine. Thank you for having me on the show. Fantastic. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. I think you have such an important message. I focus a lot on women's health and wellness, but so much of their health and wellness is tied to their brains, right? And I have a daughter as well, and we want to make sure we're molding and training these brains in a way that give us all power, right? I'm watching my daughter's 12 years old right now, and I'm watching her struggle a little bit with mathematics and thinking that she's not the math type. And as I've traversed my career, as I'm sure you've seen with so many different students, you know, we want to change that. The brain is plastic, it's changeable, it's, it's not fixed. But so many people throw their hands up in the air and say, I'm done. So to me, you know, you're coming from the educational standpoint. I am trying so hard to bridge the gap between education, chemistry, learning, and empowerment. So you bring a really important piece to the equation. Talk to us a little bit about your journey and why brain science maybe is misunderstood today. Yes, I um, think we're, in a, we're at a point in time with incredible evidence coming out of neuroscience that really goes against a lot of what we learn in school, in society, and probably the most important message that we have to take on is, as you said, our brains are incredibly plastic, we're learning all the time. Our brains are changing all the time. There's no such thing as a maths person or any other kind of person. And really, everybody is capable of learning anything. Why do you think that we, what has happened historically that makes us think that we're, you know, this is it. This is our gift. This is what we're good at. We can't push beyond that. What his, what's the background of that? Well, so many messages. I mean, it, until about 20 years ago, people really believed that you were born with a certain kind of brain, that brain basically set up your life for you. And when they first discovered the evidence, it was actually with London cab drivers that their brains had completely grown and changed after training. Um, the scientific world had to rethink what they understood about the brain. And of course, by then, our schools have been filled with these ideas that brains are fixed, that we can work out which students can do what and put them into different groups. And um, we can decide for a 12-year-old, for example, what they can do um, in terms of learning. And of course, none of that is true. Our brains are constantly changing. We're capable of learning anything. But the school system is still in that fixed mode and the messages we get from our culture are also very fixed. 
So, you know, what is brain science? What, where's the shift in the science culturally oh. with so many people talking about empowerment and thought empowerment and all that other stuff and change your brain, change your life, all of that. What does the science tell us? I think many people listening today might want to know, you know, yeah. the science behind all this. The science tells us that every time you learn something, a new pathway starts in the brain. At first, it's a delicate pathway. Then that pathway gets stronger and stronger. You either start a new pathway or you form connections between pathways or you strengthen a pathway. So these pathways are developing all the time that we're learning. And every day we wake up, our brain is different from the day before. Um, so these pathways aren't in our brains when we're born. And we need to be developing these pathways. But every second of our life, there are opportunities for our pathways to strengthen and develop. So we not only know that our brains are constantly shifting, but when you're aware of that, when you take on that message, your mindset about yourself changes. And when your mindset changes, a lot of things change, including your health and your learning. Uh, actually, even how your body functions will change from what you believe about yourself. So it's pretty incredible. Wow. You know, I think that's such an important message today. Now, apply that same message to women and girls today. What's happening there? What are the blocks that they are setting up? What are you seeing in terms of science and patterning there? Well, girls and boys have equal potential. Their brains are functioning in the same ways, but still we know that society um, has gender beliefs about what women and girls are capable of. We actually um, ran a maths camp a few years ago at Stanford and we brought in middle school students and it was a mixed group of students. And the girls were so quiet and the boys so active that this past summer we decided to just bring girls in. And we had a girl only maths uh, experience for a couple of weeks. But what was so noticeable to me is these girls were so locked up. They were afraid to speak. They were afraid to try different things in maths. They were extremely lacking in confidence. And we worked for a few days to unlock them. And you know, a couple of weeks later, you wouldn't have recognized them. They had these amazing ideas. They were rushing to the board. They were enthusiastic. But I really noticed for myself how um, inhibited they were and how they had their confidence taken away. So what can, and I see this in women too, you know, we're talking about girls, but I see it in women as well. And yeah, you know, sitting in the board meeting and not speaking up, you know, mm -hmm. problem solving and not, you know, volunteering. Help us through, how do we break? So I'm a mom of a 12 year old, as I just told you, and then I've had my own journey and watched my mother's journey and in, in that same inability to speak and inability to mm -hmm. get their voice and their message out. What can we do? Like, how do we push back on those barriers? Are there brain exercises? You know, your book, by the way, which is fascinating, and I loved it. Limitless Mind, by the everyone out there listening today, the book is Limitless Mind, Learn, Lead, Learn, Lead and Live Without Barriers. Great book, wonderful read. I encourage you all to go get it. But you talk about this a little bit in your book, and I would love to share with the audience, you know, we understand this, we see it in our girls, we see the shift from, hey, I'm smart, I'm strong, I'm this, I'm that, to like, whoa, I'm gonna take the back seat here. Mm -hmm. How do we help our girls and women, you know, our sisters, our fellow sisters, how do we help each other push through that? Well, I find that one of the most liberating messages that really helps unlock learners and adults, that also comes from neuroscience, 
is we know that the best times for our brains are, we're, are when we're struggling and when we're finding something difficult. And we actually want to be in times of struggle. And so one of the really important mindsets for adults to have and for students is to embrace times when they're not sure of something, they don't know something, they're finding it difficult. And a lot of things like board meetings and classrooms have been set up incorrectly to value correctness. And so if you have that kind of a classroom or that kind of a boardroom, what you'll find is the boys are the ones who are confident enough to share because that sort of correctness is what's been valued. But when you change the environment and you value different ways of thinking and you value even incorrect answers and you value times of struggle, um, what you'll find is people become more confident and they're more confident to go into board meetings and say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, but I'd love to find out. I'd love to go on a journey to figure out what I need to figure out. So I do find that um, when we embrace what this sort of more creative, exploratory, um, uncertain approach to knowledge, girls and women feel much more empowered. I think everybody does, but it particularly yeah. helps girls and women. So what would you change in a home, in a educational environment, in a boardroom, if you could wave a wand and say, guys, you need to really do these three things differently. What would you, what would you tell all of us? So number one, you have to believe in yourself. We know that if you go into a difficult situation and you believe in yourself, but you fail or make a mistake, your brain is more active with brain growth than if you go into situations thinking, I don't think I can do that. So that self-belief is really important. Um, and that self-belief partly comes from knowing this brain evidence, knowing that we can learn anything. There are no barriers to what we can learn. Then, as I mentioned, embracing struggle turns out to be pretty key. I was sharing this research recently to Parent Talk, and the next day I got an email from one of the parents saying, I went home, I shared your one message with my daughter that struggle was the best time for your brain and when your brain's really growing. And I immediately saw her change in response to her homework. She kept going longer, she didn't give up. So that message is really transformative. But the third thing we need to do is just approach knowledge differently with more creativity and flexibility, not see it as a speed race. Speed is very off-putting, um, particularly again for women. So um, in the book, I set out all these different ways to approach knowledge as a more flexible, creative area. And I use the example of maths. It is my sort of specialty, but also right. probably the area people least associate with flexibility and creativity. Um, but in fact, is an area we need to approach with flexibility and creativity. So um, it's, you know, if you go around in your life, as I say in the book, if you live one day with this limitless perspective where you're willing to embrace struggle and approach things in creative ways and connect with people differently, you'll feel it. You'll feel it, um, particularly if it's a day when things go wrong. Talk to me about math and creativity, right? So one of the big conversations my daughter and I have had is that you've got to know your facts, you've got to know your basics, you know, you've got to have that drilled in. Where am I maybe going wrong and many of us going wrong? We're in one of the quote unquote best schools in the, in the city and the math program is, is rigorous, but there's not a lot of creativity 
within math. So how do, tell us what we're all doing wrong. Tell us how we can that. One of the things we do wrong is focus on memorization. So it starts early in with little kids when we say you need to memorize your times tables and memorize all those maths facts, blindly memorize them. That's a mistake. We don't want to do that. It's not even very good for our brains to do that. It's okay to know those maths facts, but the best way of knowing them is with flexible approaches and different representations. So um, the first thing we do to do is pull memorization aside. It's really the least important part of mathematics. And then what we know from brain science is that when you look at a maths problem, there are five different brain areas that can light up, and two of them are visual pathways. Thinking visually is really important in maths. Um, the best mathematical brains are those where all those pathways are connecting with each other. So how do you have this connected brain? It's from experiencing maths in different forms, not just numbers, mm-hmm. but building and moving and drawing. All of those cause really important brain connections to come about. So when we work with people, we give them beautiful visual images and we ask them, how do you see it? And they have these rich discussions and ultimately that might need to lead to an understanding of functions or algebra, but it, it's all in this sort of creative visual way. And it's quite a different experience for people, uh, but it's one that leads to them enjoying maths and um, really doing well with the subject. You know, we know that girls fall away from math sort of middle school age roughly is when it starts to happen. But this creative approach to doing mathematics and learning in general, have you seen more girls embrace math? Absolutely. Have you seen yeah. this shift? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is an approach that's appreciated by both boys and girls. But what we find is if you make maths a narrow speed competition, um, it's not good for either boys or girls, but boys will kind of orient towards that and go, okay, this is the game we're playing. It's about speed and procedures. And the girls tend to just turn away, like not interested in this subject. So uh, when you make maths a creative visual space, it's better for both, but we see big transformations in girls. I um, was actually trialing some of our new activities in a local school recently, and a parent came up to me and said, what did you do in the maths class yesterday? My daughter has always hated maths. She said, I'm not a math person. And she came home and she said, I've changed my mind. I actually can see a future for myself in maths. And she was saying, what did you do? So um, yeah, we know it's really transformative. And I would say particularly so for girls, we have kept girls out of maths by making it this procedural speed competition it's not that girls can't do well in that they can but they have better choices than that gotcha so it makes so much sense because boys are so driven if we go to the hormonal part right there's the testosterone and speed it's like being great it's being correct it's being aggressive whereas girls even holistic like they come to things holistically right they come around things they don't come to things so that makes so much sense to me and then that applies to other areas of education but let's fast forward now and talk about just the female brain versus the male brain and what's happening as we're all getting older what are you seeing there are there certain blocks that women are putting on themselves as they become adults and mothers and you know move on in their lives tell, tell me what you're seeing there and Yeah, there's no differences between the male and female brain mathematically. In fact, the study just came out two weeks ago that showed exactly that. They could find no zero difference when they looked inside the brain. 
girls and boys play for maths. But um, the aging question is an interesting one because what we know is that, as I mentioned, our brains have this incredible capacity to grow and change all the time. And that is true for people at any age of their lives. So some of the studies that have seen that brain growth have been conducted in retirement homes. And what they've found is the people whose brains grow the most are people who are doing a new activity. So for some people, it was taking art class or studying a musical instrument. Whatever was new to them caused this significant brain growth. So we know our brains aren't growing at the same rate as we get older. Uh, But that just means that the most important thing for us as we age really is to keep our brains really active. Right. Retirement, probably the worst thing (laughs) to do. Right. Um, Means that people stop having that active brain experience. I mean, of course, you can retire from your job and do lots of great things with your brain, but many people uh, don't do that. And that's when you see the decline, not because they're older, just because they're not using those brain areas as much. So what is your best strategy to keep that brain active? So the doc, I'll tell you the doctor speak. The doctor speak that we're trained in medical school is, why don't you do some crossword puzzles or, you know, or do some word memorization or try these different apps? What is your opinion on the best ways to engage a brain that might be slowing down a little bit? I have a lot of theories about the nutrition of that and the chemistry of that. What's your opinion about growing, continuing to grow um, a brain that might be slowing down? Well, um, what the what the neuroscience says is that it's some new activity that will cause you the great, greatest brain activity and the greatest brain growth. So if you're somebody that does, that's done crossword puzzles their whole life, then doing crossword puzzles is not going to give your brain the greatest workout. Um, attending an art class might give your brain a fantastic workout. But um, so yeah, new activities. And there are, our brains can grow and develop in all sorts of different areas. As I mentioned, movement can cause amazing brain connections. We're talking about the aging brain and what we can do very tangibly to reverse aging brain or to engage new areas of the brain. If you, we were talking about the top three, you mentioned a new activity was the first thing. Uh, anytime we engage in a new activity, the brain grows, the brain expands. The second, what would you say is number two and maybe number three? <laughs> These are hard questions. I'm not sure. But I would say that um, keeping your brain active, and I do think apps and games can be a way of doing that. But as I said, it's the best growth, the, the um, most optimal sort of growth you'll get in your brain is by doing new things and not settling into a routine of doing the same things so probably not the same app all the time changing things around and of course um, seeing something visually doing a visual kind of activity uh, is a different kind of brain engagement than doing a numerical activity so um, switching those things around as well Uh, words again different form of brain pathway and When we think about learning, and I'm sure this applies for people when they're older as well, what causes a brain connection is when those pathways interact. So in maths, for example, you can see something with numbers, but if you see that same number expression visually, that will cause this brain communication. Mm -hmm. So um, I would imagine that if you're playing an app or game, 
one that engages you in multiple modes that's encouraging that brain communication is uh, very important. So you men you've mentioned a few times different pathways, a visual pathway, a more numerical pathway. Are there some other pathways we should be thinking about as well? Is there an auditory one? Is there a tactile yeah, I mean, there are lots of different um, brain pathways. And I think that um, there's some that are involved more with reasoning. There's an area of your brain. It turns out that when you think about maths, an area of your brain lights up that sees fingers. And the harder the maths problem, the more likely this brain area is to light up. And so coming to know your fingers really well when you develop really good finger awareness, your maths achievement goes up. Um, so hmm. <laughs> the, they now know, this is why musicians, it's always been known that musicians have higher maths achievement and now they're right. thinking this is why, because they develop really good finger perception. So um, interesting, yeah. All sorts of fascinating brain areas. There's a brain area that's devoted to kind of grouping objects and being able to tell you how many are in that group, not by counting, just by visually seeing them. And that, that brain area, when that the better that brain area develops, the better your maths achievement later on. So I think we're only just beginning to understand how complicated our brains are and how. Mm -hmm amazing they are and the need for these rich connections with visuals and with fingers and physical objects and um it's really needs to be infused into schools i look at maths classrooms all the time and kids sit with pages and pages of numbers they don't experience them physically or visually or in you know through touch the other way yeah um, what you know, what do you think about all the dementia and the Alzheimer's we're seeing today? Do you feel like we're just all getting older and that's why those numbers are going up? Or is there a problem with the way that we live and treat our brains that we're seeing the sort of uh, really next public health epidemic? What do you think is happening there? Yeah, I think um, that I don't know a lot about the medical basis of dementia and Alzheimer's and what causes that and what I know that they're finding that there are different ways that um, people can experience brain training when they're for older people through brain training that neuroscientists set up. That's delayed dementia for people. Uh, so again, I think it would speak to the active mind. Um, I did want to share a study with you that I think is fascinating as we think about yeah. um, around the ideas of mindset. So these researchers followed over 61,000 people over 21 years. And they found that the people who thought their exercise was more healthy were actually more healthy than the people who did the same amount of exercise but didn't think that they were doing healthy exercise. And the negative thinkers were 71% more likely to die in the follow-up period. So incredible evidence that tells us what, whether you believe positively even about your exercise, it changes the functioning mm. of your body. The same researchers did an experiment with hotel workers, hotel cleaners, and they told, they divided them into two groups. They told one group, your work is so healthy, it satisfies the Surgeon General, General's requirements for an active lifestyle. And they, the other group, they didn't tell anything. And then they followed them over four weeks. Their behavior didn't change at all. But at the end of the four-week period, the group that told their work was healthy were actually healthier. They had lower blood pressure, they had lost weight, they had a whole range of 
different dimensions where their health had improved. So we're starting to understand that our mind is so powerful. Of course, when we change our beliefs about ourselves, it changes our learning, but it also changes our physical makeup, things like our blood pressure. So they see that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, the, the power of the mind, I think we're only just beginning to understand really how powerful our minds really are. What was your hope with Limitless Mind? What were you hoping everybody would latch on to and understand through that book? My big hope really is that people will start to understand their massive potential and let go of fixed ideas. I know that many people walk around the world with fixed ideas, uh, thinking they cannot do things and they're not capable. And kids, of course, think it about themselves in school, but adults think about it in workplaces too. And so I wanted people to let go of those barriers and realize that they could actually do anything and take on challenging situations and it would be really good for them. And I found, I interviewed about 64 adults in preparation for this book. So many of them talked about really negative messages they'd been given as children, which they had accepted and gone around their lives believing. I regularly, actually, when I run workshops with teachers, I have people crying with kind of a release when they realize that these ideas they've carried around with them their whole lives are wrong. So this was really my hope for the book, that people would be able to let go of these limiting ideas that have been given to them, sometimes by parents, sometimes by teachers, um, and understand that anything really is, anything is possible. Now, I also set out ways to learn differently that, it's important as well to let go of ideas like speed. When we focus on speed, the creative part of our brain shuts down, the most important part of the brain probably. Um, right. So there are a lot of messages about ways to learn differently, but uh, I think my most important mission is for people to understand their own potential and change the ways they think about themselves and if their parents and teachers the ways they think about their learners. It's amazing and fascinating and so much of it is truly in the mind as many of you know and we've talked about over and over again and bringing the medical into it there's a chemistry to that and there's the importance of protecting your health so that you can control your mind because that darkness or that negativity sometimes is transmitted over generations but sometimes it is lacking certain things or hormonal shifts in women and even in children even in young girls like my daughter I'm super curious I have to ask this before I leave you but Talk to us about what you're doing for the White House. What are you doing? Are they listening to you? What's happening there? I'm, I'm super curious. Well, um, it was the previous administration at the White House. Ah. Uh, okay, got it. <laughs> and uh, yes, there was a group that was formed to look at women in STEM. And so I, I went up and I was speaking to uh, them about ideas of making uh, learning and STEM in particular more gender equitable and uh, a whole set of initiatives around that. I'm not sure what's happened to those at the moment. Who knows? Um, Well, hopefully that good work will be picked back up at some point in the future. Yes. Well, if any of you are curious about uh, Professor Joe's work, the book again is Limitless Mind, Learn, Lead and Live Without Barriers. I loved it. I enjoyed every page of it and I encourage you guys to read the same. And really again, as parents, 
as women, I think really stressing that message that the barriers are barriers that we create. Nobody else creates them for us. And we have to be incredibly careful about not creating them for our children. I have to watch it as well at home. If anyone wants to connect with you, Dr. Joe, what's the best way for them to reach you, connect with you? Like, I would love for you to even come to our community. What, what's the best way to go about all that? So we have a website that's called ucubed.org, U-Y-O-U, that shares a lot of these ideas and lots of free resources. There's a little online course that's free, six 15-minute sessions that really give you a lot of important ideas about life and learning. Um, and then, you know, I'm at Stanford University and uh, people can email me, but have a look at, we have a wide wide range of amazing free resources on the website as well as the book which um, hopefully gives people the information they need fantastic well thank I'm you also on twitter and i'm also on twitter and uh, instagram and linkedin so well, what's, your instagram handles? what's your instagram handle is it just uh, at joe bowler is um oh sorry twitter is at joe bowler and instagram is um now you're asking me a hard question <laughs> gotcha oh here it is I, wait i've got it joe.bowler that's it on instagram yep there we go and bowler for everybody is b-o-a l-e-r that's right thank you so much for taking some time out sorry about the technical mishaps there but we got this recorded and i couldn't be more thrilled and for everybody else out there who's listening if you have a daughter a sister a mother let them know to not put the barriers up that their brains can change and they can learn anything that they put their minds to thank you all for joining this episode of superwoman wellness which remember it's now on spotify as well you can like and share it with your friends don't forget to review it as well and i will see everybody next time